uh, the past couple of weeks uh, certainly have been uh, challenging have been um, unusual. And uh, last Sunday's video actually was recorded before the events of uh, violence that played out in Washington, D.C. I shared some thoughts and a prayer on YouTube uh, the following day, and we came together um, the last two Thursday nights in prayer, prayer for our nation, uh, but also just processing. Uh, you know, I think that I had three different messages um uh, kicking around uh, for today, um, I really have processed a lot of thoughts, a lot of emotions about what has gone on. Uh, it just, uh, it was really hard to learn about the details of, of what gone on. I, I've, I've felt angry at times, I've felt hurt at times, depressed, discouraged. Uh, but in all of that, what I have uh, done in a, in a very real way, uh, is is turn to Jesus and and have a look at Jesus and um, we're going to talk a little bit uh, later on today about the different ways that Jesus is unusual. But uh, Jesus is someone that I've got a daily relationship with for a number of reasons. Jesus is unusual. There's in uh, superior. I mean, there's no one in all of human history who is just like Jesus. Um, it was the same Jesus Christ who called out King Herod as a fox, who told Peter to put away his sword. Jesus didn't submit to um, what Herod wanted to happen. And he also didn't submit to what other people who wanted a violent overthrow wanted to happen. Um, Jesus laid his life down for us. Um, and we're going to talk about the reasons for that in a moment. But I, I, I just want to turn today... Uh, to something that we read uh, this week. I hope all of you are tracking with us as we are uh, syncing up our Bible reading this year to read through the New Testament together um, a small uh, piece at a time. And one of the things that we read this past week from Matthew chapter 11, uh, verses 28 through 30 was this. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Uh, I don't know what you're going through right now today, um, but I know that we are uh, concerned about peace in our streets um, around, uh, you know, a peaceful transition of presidential power with the inauguration. Also here in Baltimore City, as we're facing different health crises, the coronavirus, um, opioid addiction, and um, murder. And so I know that uh, those things might pale in comparison to other things that you're concerned about. You might be concerned about things that are going on in your own life. Uh, that are exactly the kind of cares, uh, burdens that Jesus was talking about right now. And I just want to start our time. Let's respond to Jesus. Let's turn to Jesus and respond to his call for us to come to him um, and rest in him. To bring our cares, our worries, our burdens to him and to receive from him uh, what he would say and, and what what he has for us. Uh, because what Jesus is clearly saying is that if we receive from him, we won't be heavy, we won't be weary in the same way. 
So wherever you're at, whatever is going on for you right now in your life, uh, will you just join me and, and let's let's come to Jesus uh, personally first and then with uh, some of our prayer requests. God, we come to you and uh, we're experiencing different things. And Lord, uh, definitely over the past 12 months, uh, there have been a lot of challenges and circumstances that can... Um, that have asked a lot of us, demanded a lot of us. And uh, that causes us to become weary, to become exhausted, to become burdened uh, down. And Lord, we just come to you because Jesus, you called us to. And we lay at your feet the things that have made us weary. And we're asking you for help. Lord, at the end of the day, we, we are coming face to face with the fact that we don't always know what's best for ourselves, for our lives, let alone anybody else. And we need your help. Show us your, your best way for our lives, what you would have for us. And so, God, we lift up to you today, Lord, what we're carrying around. We give it over to you. God, I'm asking that each person would even now be aware of your presence. Wherever they're at, whatever they're going through, Lord, help each person to just be aware of your presence, your companionship, that you're with them, that you love them. Lord and God, help us to feel a lifting of our spirits as we let go of the things that we're carrying. Help us to truly sense a lightening of our load and an awareness of your love and your compassion, but also help us to hear your voice today, your words and your direction. We truly need to hear from you. And so, God, as we uh, go into this coming week, we just open our hands to you and we say, Lord, we receive from you. Lord, we have needs, uh, spiritual needs, practical needs, and we receive from you. God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would just do healing miracles for everyone who needs one right now. Lord God, reach out your hand. Set right, Lord, whatever is broken. Lord, bring into order the systems of the body where there is disorder. Lord, take away pain, inflammation, discomfort. Lord, bring back strength. A fresh spirit. Lord, wherever we are spiritually weary, Lord, help us to receive even now from your Holy Spirit a spiritual refreshing. You pour into us new virtue. You pour into us new grace. Help us to receive it. Help us, God, to be motivated to reach out and communicate with each other that we could uh, share each other's burdens, that we could encourage each other, lift each other up and God, we stand in faith today agreeing, asking that you would do miracles in our nation. Lord, we don't want to see violence in our streets, bloodshed. Lord, I'm asking that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done, what you have ordained that would be best for the United States of America in its leadership, for the state of Maryland, for Baltimore City. Lord, I ask for a protection uh, Lord, in our nation, that there would be peace. Lord God, there would not be strife and suffering and violence. 
But God, we would see a miracle level of your grace and your peace. Lord, we're asking for it. God, we're asking that you would shut the mouth of our enemy, the deceiver who's causing confusion, Lord, and that you would bring about clarity and peace. Lord, around the world, we're asking for miracles of healing as it relates to the coronavirus and delivery of the vaccine, Lord, that it would be the best possible thing for us, Lord, for transitions and in education and economy and the different things that need to take place, uh, Lord, for even the, uh, businesses and small businesses, Lord, would you give creativity and solutions and fresh opportunity and fresh life, Lord, we're asking in the name of Jesus. And God, I just ask for Baltimore City that we would see miracles of deliverance from addiction to fentanyl, heroin, opioids, alcohol, uh, pornography, sexual addiction. Lord God, that you would shut down the human trafficking that occurs. Lord God, that there would be freedom in many different ways in our streets. And God, I ask that you would help each of us in the midst of the challenges we face to find the opportunities that you're giving for us. And that we would share a simple uh, smile with our neighbors and and a gift of joy with those around us. Uh, Give us opportunity, fresh opportunity to be a practical help to our neighborhoods, to our community. I ask these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, and you know, all the different things that were um, on my mind uh, in spirit as I prayed for you over the past couple of weeks, every day, um, concerned for you, um, where I kept um sensing the Holy Spirit bring me back to was a priority that we actually have already seen in our reading every day in Matthew. And and one of the things that's most important to us as a church family that we're celebrating with this 10th anniversary uh, coming up and looking forward to the year to come and the years to come as God's been uh, speaking to me about that. But honestly, it, it, it was the Holy Spirit speaking to our human condition to what we're all going through right now. Wouldn't you like to hear some good news? Uh, Yeah, I feel like so much of the last 12 months has been trying to do life and getting sideswiped by bad news. I think some things that not entirely surprising, some things expected, some things not expected, some things that uh, trigger the pain of the past and the the trauma that we have seen in our city and uh, in our personal lives and the just difficulty. And and, and I think there's a hunger for some good news. And I'm thankful for all the encouraging personal stories of of different people helping each other. And I'm, I'm thankful for the John Krakensinski's Krasinski, how do you say his name? Uh, some good news, you know, YouTubes that have been fun. Um, but what I think is best for us now at the beginning of the year is to turn our attention to one of the things that is most important, that's relevant for each of us, no matter where we are in our journey. Um, and I, I would like to ask you, would you Hang in there with me today because I also really want to talk about the implications of this because I believe that's where it really makes a difference in our daily life and that's where it gives us some fresh purpose and should give us some new things to do. Um, So I want to talk about good news 
And you can imagine I want to talk about the good news of Jesus because this is City Harbor Church, a, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. It's it's a part of our express purpose for gathering for our relationships for everything that we do. And like I mentioned just a minute ago, there's no one in human history has ever been or ever will be just like Jesus. We might want to become more like Jesus, but no one is just like Jesus from the the quality of life that he lived that was uh, recorded, a lot of it uh, by eyewitness accounts, to so many things that he did that were unique. So many things that he said that are just unlike anyone else in all of human history. So many of the things that he said and that he taught So many of the miracles that he performed that were recorded that are amazing. The type of miracles, the things that he chose to do are just unbelievable. But also the fact that he's the only one in history to have predicted his own death, burial, and resurrection and how it would go down. And then it happened. What he predicted to happen would happen. No one is like Jesus. And I just want to lift a couple things from the reading we had this week about him. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, he saw the crowds, Jesus, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus had compassion for people like us who were in need of spiritual guidance. Maybe you've found yourself like that over the past year. I need some guidance. I need some help. It's kind of interesting to me that a lot of us are willing to um, ask a friend what we should do about maybe how we're eating or what kind of job we should get or what we should drive, where we should live. Uh, maybe even we'd seek out the help of a dietitian or a naturopath or, or, or a, a medical doctor and yet really not get a lot of guidance as it relates to our spiritual life and at the end of the day can find ourselves in a year like this confused needing help, needing guidance. Well, the good news is that Jesus has compassion on you and help that's available for you. Jesus said that his express purpose on earth, Luke 19, 10, is that he would come to seek and save the lost. What does that even mean? Well, let's talk about it a little bit. Romans 3, 23 through 25. Everyone has sinned. Hey, listen, we've all made mistakes All of us, we've either not done something we should have or definitely done something we should not have. And maybe this year has been things like that we're kind of keeping in the closet, so to speak, keeping private mistakes, a disorder of the heart, or wrong priorities, or wrong thoughts, or saying the wrong thing about someone else, or self-medicating in ways that we shouldn't have. We all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sin. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. That's what Jesus was talking about and he said he came to seek and save the lost. And here's the response that's suggested, Romans 10, 9 through through 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And this is 
This is a, a journey in some sense because each of us might have unique questions, uh, things that we're not sure what we believe about. Even in the middle of having a sense of our own spiritual need, uh, maybe feeling guilty about things from our past or feeling the need for more direction. But it is a personal, a close personal relationship with Jesus <clears throat> that brings ultimate change. But Jesus gives us instruction about what that really means and how it really works. And in all of your journey, I think we need help and, and, and conversations with people that have experienced that these things is helpful to. Reading the Bible is helpful to. Uh, we definitely suggest uh, the Purple Book um, as a way to identify some of the questions you have, but also find in a simple step-by-step -step, 52 different lessons that maybe take 15 to 20 minutes to step through. Uh, what is it that we believe about Jesus? Why does it matter? And then what do we do about it? And, and what is being said here in Romans and even the prayer that we often suggest that people pray, it, it's a way of simplifying, summarizing this journey of do I actually believe this? And, and what do I believe? And, and what does it mean? And, and am I brought into this close personal relationship with God that brings change? And, and that that prayer in response to this passage from Romans 10, which is not about superstition, not about specific words that just magically do something, but it's trying to bring a focus to what's happening in your spirit between you and God. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I turn away from the past and I turn to you. Thank you. That prayer is a way of summarizing this spiritual journey that's going to be unique for different ones of us, that's going to have uh, different challenges, different questions. It's going to be a process. It's a daily thing. But there's also an origin point to it, and that's what this passage in Romans is talking about. Clearly, the followers of Jesus kind of got a sense of it and how it worked. And that's why Peter said in Acts 2.21, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And when people said, what should we do? That's why he said in verse 38-39, Repent of your sins and turn to God. Repent means turn away. It's turning away from assuming that I know what's best. It's turning away from pride. It's turning away from toxic selfishness. It's turning away from habitual mistake making. It's turning toward God, asking God for help in Jesus. Repent of your sins, turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we do. We believe in water baptism as a public statement of your faith. We're happy to help you. We're looking forward to when we will be doing that again. And just to receiving that God, the Holy Spirit, is available to you in a close personal way. So when we make this decision for Jesus, what, what happens when we do that? Well, spiritual cleansing is what happens. John said this, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Maybe you have started to become aware that some of the mistakes that you have made make you feel dirty. It's a spiritual sense. It, it, it could be thoughts. It could be emotions. 
Um, it could be mostly logical. It could be mostly um, emotional. Uh, it's definitely a spiritual thing. Um, when you realize that God, who is the giver of life, who who offers you salvation because he loves you, is pure, then you look at your the state of your own spirit and realize a need for spiritual cleansing. And so spiritual cleansing, when we receive this from Jesus, that's what happens. And let me tell you, my own experience with that has changed me forever. I'm not perfect. I'm a human. I still make mistakes. But I enjoy waking up even in the midst of a year like this because I've had dramatic spiritual experiences with God where I received this washing me clean from the mistakes of my past. And it was noticeable. It was intense. It was real. It it shifted things in me and how I thought, how I felt. I, I, I could feel a lifting of the heaviness and, and, and I, I could feel the reality of it. Now, there were times where I had to really let the truth sink in for it to continue to be real. But it is a spiritual reality. Uh, the second thing that happens uh, when we make this decision, when we receive this from Jesus, is that we're freed from the penalty for our sins. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 through 11 says this. I really want you to think about this. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. What that's saying is that people who don't seek forgiveness through Jesus will be punished for their wrong. And this, what God has made available to us through Jesus, it rescues us from that. Verse 10, for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. He's saying that the death of Jesus accomplished something, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead accomplished something. So now we can rejoice in our new wonderful relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. It's a miracle. Not only are we freed from the penalty of our sin, but we are also brought close to God. And you might feel like you don't deserve that because it's true. But don't keep yourself at arm's length with God, relating to him through legalism after all that Jesus has done. Receive the grace of God. Receive the truth that you can be brought close to God. You accept at confessing your sin and, and asking forgiveness and receiving the forgiveness of the love of God brings a cleansing, a, frees us from the penalty, and it brings us close in a close personal relationship with God. That's what he desires. This is also talked about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. You, you have once been far, far away and you can be brought close. God doesn't want you to just feel like you're way off at a distance. God wants you to be aware of his guidance and his companionship in a very real way every day. The other thing that happens uh, forth with this... Um, Receiving the love of Jesus in this way is that you get new spiritual life. That's what Jesus talked about in John chapter 3. You must be born again. That's what we learned about Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 5. God is so rich in mercy. 
He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace you have been saved. It's a new spiritual life that is a miracle inside of you. And if you're not sure if you've got it, let's help you figure that out. Let's help you get answers to your questions. Let's help you come into a real transformational, close personal relationship with Jesus where you will know. You've got that new spiritual life. It's what God has always been wanting to do. He spoke through the prophet Ezekiel 36, 26. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you and take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. There's a new spiritual life, a new spiritual heart in us. Now, for some of you, this might be something that is... You, you, you feel like you know already. But I want to ask you, is it spiritually real? Are you thankful for it? Are you taking time to thank God for the reality of it? And if it's spiritually real, gratitude, thanking God every day, no matter what is going on, should come easy if you just carve out the time and choose to do it. Thank God for your salvation, the hope of heaven in front of you, the eternity in front of you that will be better than anything we've experienced on this planet. That is real, but it's also the implications of it are really important. And I want to talk about that now, but before I do, I want to offer for every one of you, if it's for your first time or in a prayer of rededication, would you, if you want to receive Jesus as savior, rededicate your life to him to live in wholehearted devotion to God. I want you to repeat this really simple prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died for me. I confess my sin. Forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I turn away from the past And I turn to you. Thank you. Amen. We are so happy for you. You praying that prayer and having a moment of dedication with God. We want to help you with the life of dedication to God because it is great. It is good. It is joyful when things around us in the world don't give us reason for joy. The implications of all this are... We do live in a world where there's disappointment, where for a season before Jesus returns, God allows our enemy, uh, who is a deceiver, the father of lies, to to do things on our planet. And, and, And God, out of his love for us, has given us a free will. And what that means is that people have a choice whether they want to receive the love of Jesus or not. And when they're not receiving the love of Jesus, when they're not being changed by the love of Jesus then they tend to live in ways that are not helpful for others. They tend to not have hope and they they tend to maybe have a hard time seeing why they should live in ways that are beneficial for others. And and so through those different ways, it's how we see evil in the world. And But God doesn't want us to be overwhelmed, overcome, hopeless about it. Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says this, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There's something good that God's done in the good news of Jesus in your life that he wants to be lived out in this 
close personal relationship every day with God. But this close personal relationship with God every day has to be informed by the good news of Jesus. How are we going to overcome in this life if we forget how great our salvation is? We don't have a whole lot of hope for that. Not really. And so how, how do we live? How do we respond to all this? Live out a daily relationship with God informed by the good news. Think about what this good news of Jesus means. Think about it long and hard. Write some stuff down. Process it. Give time. Carve out time to really process what does it mean, this good news of Jesus to me? All the things are just discussed. Have I, have I received it? How, am I receiving the benefits, walking in the benefits? Am I, am I thinking about what that says about who God is? God, the giver of life, loves me enough to make this available. And what does it say about who I am? I am loved by God. I am valuable to God. And that's not going to happen. It's not going to be real for you if you're not spending time alone with God, where you turn off everything with notifications that buzz and and disrupt and distract you, and spending real quality time with God. When you spend really good quality time with God, what you'll start to realize is that who you are is more important than what you do. Now, what you do matters. All the pieces of your life matter. But the truth is that your identity, your state of being, is more important than what you're doing. This is really important. I want you to please just jump in here with me. Think about this. Let's process this together. Who you are is more important than what you do. God loves you. The fact that your sins have been forgiven, you've been given a new spiritual life, that really matters. You should be spending time every day to just rest in, spiritually rest in, shut down your thoughts about everything else just for at least a few moments. Start with the 60 second timer to just consider your salvation and what it means and thank God for it. Here's what will happen when you do that, especially when you combine that with some physical exercise every day. When you combine some quiet time just to rest in the presence of God with some physical exercise, lots of drinking of water. When you combine those things, here's what you're going to start to realize. You're going to get fresh perspective on your life and you're going to realize that your worst mistakes in life are not what defines you. And your best accomplishments in life don't define you the most. They matter, but they don't define you the most in who you are. There's value in who you are. What you're going to come to realize is that you don't have to think about yourself in terms of your worst mistakes in life anymore. And that your best accomplishments in life, they don't define you. They're not the most important thing. We shouldn't be living in the past. We, it's time for us to think about the future and to live in the present to enjoy the present. When you're spending time alone with God that's informed by the good news, those things don't have as much of an impact on you. Also, whatever deadlines you have from your job, the little mini crises that happen at the company or the school or where, whatever it is that your work is, they actually don't impact you the same way when you're, when you're applying this spiritual practice in a private way for yourself. 
Your vocation matters to God. Your work matters to God. It, it, it really is important. But it's not the most important thing about you. Also, the things that you enjoy, the pleasure, the hobbies, the, the whatever you're, 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 you're streaming, you're, you're, whatever it is that, that you enjoy getting out doing as an escape, uh, the things that you find pleasure in, whether they're good or bad, those are not the most important things about you. I think one of the big mistakes in our culture is this idea that your sexual identity, uh, preference, or pleasure is the most important thing about your life. It's not. Who God is and his love for you, who you are as a result, that's the most important thing about your life. That's the thing that should define you the most, refresh you the most, help you to breathe. One of the things that I really want you to do in January is stop beating yourself up. Stop being hard on yourself. Receive the grace of God, the reality of the grace of God. I really don't want us, especially in these 21 days of prayer, to be in a state where we're just trying to do better. No, it's about being in the presence of God, in a conversation with God, sure, uh, but in a close personal relationship with God. And if there's purity to that, there should be grace. You should be able to freely receive the grace of God. You're human. Give yourself a break. I mean, don't, don't hide things. Bring them out into the open in healthy Christian relationships where there can be some life-giving encouragement, good suggestions for you to take steps towards healing and freedom. But let's enjoy the grace of God. All the pieces of your life matter, but they're not all the most important. So number one, live out a daily relationship with God that's informed by the good news. Number two, and this is important when, when we're doing the first bit, pray for people who do not yet know Jesus. I'm talking about your private prayer time. After you've thanked God for your salvation, had some quiet rest time, I think one of the most important things we can do is list for God the names of people that we know who are not yet followers of Jesus, who need the peace of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, the salvation of Jesus. Our motivation for this should be pretty easy if we're doing the first thing. What I have found is that the more people I'm bringing to God in my private prayer time who don't know him, the more I'm doing that, the more I've seen those people actually come to faith in Jesus. And the more I've seen my own heart condition, my attitudes towards them, my thoughts about them. And I've, I've seen that change for the better, for God's grace to be shaping it. And also the more creativity I've gotten seemingly out of the blue, uh, creative ideas about how to love on them, how to be a good friend to them, um, what questions to ask to help me listen to them, um, maybe even things to say. Uh, but would you please this week pray for people that you know that do not yet know Jesus as their savior. And then number three, I think what comes out of that is, is that we share the good news. We do. We, we're, we prepare ourselves with thinking about how to share our own Jesus story from life, but also how to share the things that we understand, even from what we've looked at today about the good news of Jesus. We're prepared for it. And then we are looking for those opportunities, or maybe we find new opportunities. I think it's a mistake 
for us to go through this past year and think about quarantine and all these other things as obstacles that are completely blocking us from sharing the good news of Jesus. That's wrong. It's time for us to share the good news of Jesus. What I've found is that the more people I'm sharing the good news of Jesus with, the more people believe, the more people respond. And everyone who has, has seen amazing benefits. They've been so happy. They've been so thankful for it. It's not up to you. Remember, Jesus said, Matthew 16, 18, that he would build his church. God, Jesus is the one who's at work through the Holy Spirit right now. But we do see that Jesus had intention. It was important to him. We read about it this week in Matthew 10. Jesus gave his followers identity and purpose. He sent them to share the good news. And so it's something that's important for us. Um, I know that this might not be something you've done before. You might need help. Reach out to me. Reach out to someone else in the church family. Be glad to help you learn about how to do this. Encourage you to do this. I think it's a good thing for us to be talking with each other about in how we do it. Listen, this is right now the best possible time for us to be deeply engaging in a spiritual journey together. We need help. We need companionship. And we need guidance. So please pray. Ask God how he would have you to engage with our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Consider it, would you please? Um, and, and look at the, the the fresh topics we've given every day. The short, simple videos to jumpstart your prayer. And, and if all this is new to you and you haven't already seen the messages from December 27th, January 3rd, and January 10th, there's connective tissue in all of this. Please go back, listen to those messages from those videos and deeply consider it and what you should be doing about it. This is a really good time for us to spend less time social media, less time in, in different forms of uh, um, entertainment, um, less time preparing food, thinking about food, so that we can spend more time focused on God who loves us, who's pouring out grace on us. I think it's going to help us be more at peace even in the midst of the turmoil that's going on in the world, even in the midst of pain and suffering, I think we're going to have more peace. I think we're going to have more faith. I think we're going to have more wisdom. And I believe we're going to see more, more miracles. Hey, I believe that the good news of Jesus is relevant to you today and that you need to do something about it today personally and with the people that you know. I'm inviting you to do that. Hey, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Let me pray for you, and then I'm going to transition to Chris, who's going to lead us in our time of worship. God, we need help with this, Lord. Everything about this is not easy. It doesn't come naturally to us. We need help in identifying where we have questions, doubts. We need courage to be honest about that. Lord, we need spiritual guidance. We need forgiveness of our sins and fresh spiritual life, fresh vision. Help us to believe that the people in our life can come to faith in you. Give us boldness. Give us courage, I ask. Lord, heal our hearts. Give us an infusion of your grace today. I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to turn to uh, Chris. Remember, it's his birthday coming up Saturday the 23rd for our time of worship.